Mayhew hitting 331 now on the season, a four-hit night last night. The 2-2, hit in the air, deep left field. If it's fair, it's gone. It is gone. The 2019 Yankees have just become the first team in baseball history to homer in 28 straight games, and it did not take long tonight. Here comes Michael Franco waiting on Diaz. Here's the two-strike pitch. In the air to left center field. Going back on it is McNeil. It is gone! Two-run home run! Here's Gene Segura. One ball, two strikes. Out to left field. McNeil going back. It is gone! Three-run walk-off home run for the Bills! Back-to-back nights. They win it in their final at-bat. They win it six to three, and look at this celebration. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. All right, welcome to another episode of the Tri-State Sports Bee on Anchor FM. Nick, Scott, and Joe back at it again. Joe is in the uh, background here doing his producer thing. So it'll just be me and Scott for, for a little bit until we do things, until uh, we end things tonight. with Until uh, we do things, till we, we end do things. Until we end things, whatever. Um, we have our speed round tonight. It's the end of the Whoop. month. It's going to be a little hectic. Joe is getting chippy. It's going to be a little uh, competitive here tonight. No more sushi rolls and backflips <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know what else I had, but uh, okay. Um, that question was legendary. Yeah, I know. Um, Scott, first of all, you played uh, played the Lynx today. I did. How'd that go? Um, I shot my best score ever. I don't really want to say it because I'll probably be embarrassed. Um, you shot a 105. Big deal. Yeah. That's my best score ever. All right, that's fine. Um, granted, I've only been playing golf for about two years. Right. So, uh, you know, slow, slow progress. And you noticed something pretty historic oh. today. I don't know how many of you out there have ever witnessed this, but I witnessed a hole-in-one today, and let me tell you, the celebration was legendary. What happened? Uh, the guy, so I actually, I, like, didn't see the ball go in the cup, but, mm-hmm. like, because I was getting ready to hit my ball. Right. And uh, all we hear is, he hits it, you go, and all we uh, uh, hear is, get in the hole! Get in the hole! <laughs> and then everyone goes, or, and then the 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 threesome the guy who hit the ball and the two others just go, ah, ah! and then um, my roommate from school, uh, he works at the golf course we played. So the guy who got the hole in one also works at the golf course. Mm-hmm. So he threw his club in the air, ran over to the guy, started hugging him. And then uh, our other friend ran over to him uh, and started hugging him. It Holy was fantastic. Crap. That's awesome. Everyone like, like uh group hugged and started jumping up and down. Was it it, was, you said it was a par three, right? Par three. He hit it past the hole, spun it back wow. right in the cup. That's how you want to do it. Yeah. That's how you want to do it. And it was great. You, I turned around, made sure I see him grab it out of the hole. Mm-hmm. It was well, a congratulations legendary. Congratulations to that guy. Yeah. Shout out to Ray. That's his name, though. Yes. Ray. Good job, Ray. Ray, we applaud you. You are a fan favorite here. And then the rest of the day, every time we got close to the pin, we're like, oh, Ray, Ray, Ray. Ray. <laughs> Watch this, Ray. <laughs> that Honestly, that's what my roommate kept saying. <laughs> really? I put one really close, and he goes, did you just try and one-up Ray? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you could do that. It's pretty hard I to do. I don't know. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Yankees and Mets, of course. 
Um, the Yankees sweeping the Blue Jays at Yankee Stadium, and the New York Mets continue to spiral out New of New York control. Mets. Absolutely. But we're going to start with some random stuff first. Um, I want to shout out our women's national team right now. They are killing it. They're pretty France. sick. They are they are freaking amazing. They beat France 2-1 to one this afternoon in the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup. They will advance next week on Tuesday against England in the uh, Final Four, you could say, of the Women's World Cup. They're freaking sick. Um, Megan Rapino has scored two goals in the last two matches. Freaking insane. She's she, now tied for the uh, Golden Boot at the World Cup with, with Alex Morgan, mm-hmm. who had the five-goal outburst against Thailand and, and has, has done been, anything since. Well, I mean, teams have been playing her really, yeah. really close. Yeah, like I told you before we started, she's getting the Neymar treatment. You know, everyone's you know every t- every time you turn on mm-hmm. the TV and, and you see her, she's on the ground. Mm-hmm. She's you know she's taking a beating these last two matches, but. Um, just want to shout them out real quick. They're playing awesome. They're, you know, they're number one in the world for a reason. And that's why, yeah. um, this match was really highly anticipated before the even the tournament even started. Um, you know, if you were watching this game without volume on oh. the, the offside goal, the U S scored Fox took forever to show that the play was offside. Really? I was uh, watching in a restaurant up at school. Cause I was mm-hmm. waiting for, you know, good old traffic to mm-hmm. pass, which never passed. Yeah. Um, People were going crazy because, like, you couldn't really hear the the commentary because people were yelling and everything. Mm-hmm. And then about thirty seconds later to a minute, they show the offside flag oh, up. Geez. So everyone was just went completely silent and was just like, "Oh." Yeah, I had it on on my phone and uh, back and forth while I was at work. Of course, the match starts at three o'clock when I have to be at work. Yeah, that's tough. I was on my way to work. I missed Megan Rapinoe's first goal. Yeah, I didn't I see the, the first crab. goal. No, I, I was moving either. stuff into my apartment. I think that and... was the free kick goal, I believe. Yeah, see, that was a tough one to concede by France. Yeah. Because, you know, one foot, you know, directs that away from goal. It wasn't even like a really well-struck ball. She, right. It was kind of like a hockey play. Yeah. You just throw it in front of the net and hope, think, hope something good happens. I was like, I got I to admit, when they were up 2 nothing, I was like, all right, they got this in the bag. And then France scores that, you know, garbage That girl was goal. massive. I know. She did, I think she's like one of the tallest She was like 6'2 or 6'3. Yeah. So massive. I got kind of ner- nervous. I was like, so they... You know, they extended it five minutes of extra time, and I was like, uh, I don't like France had all the momentum at the time. Yeah, they but they, a, they didn't have all the momentum. They, they really couldn't get anything going. Like, no. they barely touched the ball and stopped it. The U.S. Time. defense was on yeah. point. Um, so we'll be looking forward to watching them on Tuesday as they are in the semifinal against England. Um, I, don't I think know. England has some like the best players in the world yeah. on their team. So. I don't know who's on the other side of the bracket. Um, it is the Netherlands, Sweden. Mm. So that could be interesting too. We get a rematch between the U.S. and Sweden if we get a final, if they make it there. Yeah, I'm be trying to find. Uh... But regardless, the U.S. are the favorite. I think they're like minus one twenty five right now in any sports book you look at. Yeah, that's where thing. I was trying to find it because I know I got a uh, update on my phone before about yeah. um, about the the odds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're the odds on favorite. There's no real doubt about that. Probably. You'd have to say probably Sweden's right up there. Well, they're not the huge favorite, but they're probably second. Yes, yeah, so uh, the U.S., England, Sweden, the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and there's one other team because Sweden hasn't played their. Uh, um, oh, so it's Italy, the Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, the U.S., okay. and England yeah. left. So I forgot that the. I'm very into the Women's World Cup this year because we're we're sick. As you know, every four years the U.S. women are sick. Um, The men, on the other hand, not so sick, but they won their. um, See, 
They're called their what was it a group stage match against yeah. Panama one nothing uh, last week. So they won the group or this week. Concacaf is just like a joke. It is the fact that the U.S. didn't qualify for the World Cup last year is honestly embarrassing. Mm, it is. We still can't. We're still not over. When it. you're playing teams like Guyana, half the team is American and Canadian, right. and they're just so bad that they right. can't even sniff they're just the teams. Leftovers. Yeah, and then you have, you know, Costa Rica. They're they're not Panama. bad, but like really I mean, the Panama's only the either. only respectable teams. Uh, in there Mexico. are Mexico, the U.S., and Canada is kind of on the rise. Yeah. Canada has some good young players. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, those three countries, some countries will obviously surprise you at some points. Yeah. Trinidad. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. The Gold Cup, if you beat Mexico, then, I mean, if Mexico doesn't make it to the final and the U.S. does... Like, yeah, you want a trophy, but, like, you know, it's not like the Euro competition or Copa no, America. Like, I want Copa America to come like, back to all, to the, right. to CONCACAF and uh, the Copa America teams. Right. I think it's, like, the CONMEBOL or something like that, yeah. it's called. But it, it's nice that, like, we as, like, watching the men's team, it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're the better team now. You know, we're a dominant team in this, but that's not even the case. We're barely hanging no. in there against teams like Guyana I mean, and... The only reason Panama. the only reason the score was close against Panama is because you know a lot of first teamers sat like Weston right. McKinney, Pulisic. Um, yeah, he, I don't like think Jesse Zard has even played. Either. Uh, he came in as a sub to take uh, Josie Altador off mm. after he scored his goal. That was his first. And goal you were since very high on Jesse Zard as going into this, and he scored. I think he scored like three goals, two, three goals. Yeah, I don't know. He's just like so like hit or miss. Yeah, like as one of our friends put it, he scores uh oh goals. Yeah, true. And one of those was an uh oh goal last time. Last <laughs> he just kind of sticks his feet out and hopes it hit. Pretty like, much. I mean, I guess if you score a goal, you score a goal. Mm, but yeah. you know. The score sheet doesn't say how you scored it. it just... Yeah, but the, I think, you know, if the U.S. can continue to develop their players, you have really good young players um, like Tim Weah also, mm. who's looks like he's going to leave PSG for another team in France. But, yeah. you know, he's a very good young prospect. The U.S. under-20 World Cup team uh, made it to the round of 16 or the round of 8, the mm. quarterfinals. So, you know, hopefully they can keep developing these players. And... Or building the right way. And hopefully uh, Greg Berhalter's the guy to lead him forward. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully our men's team can be, you know, consistently making knockout rounds in the World Cup yeah. and, uh, you know, not having to worry about making the World Cup. At least in exactly. 2026, we won't have to stress. Yeah, we won't have to stress. We, we're we the host. One of the hosts. One of the three hosts. <laughs> won't have to worry about that. Um, before we start talking about the Yankees, mm-hmm. and the, first start talking about the Yankees. Got some Big East news. UConn That's, is back in the awesome. Big East. UConn basketball is back in the Big East. Yeah. UConn football. Well, nobody really cares. They're going to try and stay in the AAC, but... I think it's most likely they're going to become an independent. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the... Because if you're the AAC, why would you want to keep UConn around for football? No. uh, After they just ditched your conference for every other sport? Yeah. Um, It's so much better for, you know, the Big East. Yeah. Because basketball, you know, basketball is their biggest sport. There's Mm -hmm. no football in the Big East anymore. So now you're going to have, you're going to rekindle those old rivalries of, you know, UConn St. John's, UConn Seton Hall, UConn mm-hmm. Nova, mm-hmm. like all those, uh, all those rivalries. And you're going to have UConn back in the garden for the Big East tournament, right. which is honestly the biggest part because UConn and the history of Big East basketball just go hand in hand. You yep. think of Kemba's, you know, many shots. I think oh, they yeah, were Kemba. in that, they were in that three overtime game against yeah, Syracuse, Syracuse yeah. uh, back then, you know. Shabazz Napier, mm-hmm. like all those guys, all those memorable moments of, you know, 
Garden Magic from the Big East tournament. And it's going to be East awesome to have you come back. It's, the Big East tournament is still kind of exciting. I mean, oh yeah, there's a lot of good teams in, in the Big area, East, especially now. in our area. And like, I, th- I think Bobby Hurley being the coach at UConn mm. and them being in the Big East now, like they're going to be a force to reckon with there yeah. because I think recruiting is going to be much easier for him. Uh, they're they already sold three thousand plus tickets for the men's and women's mm. teams uh, for basketball there since the announcement of you know them rejoining the Big East. So, mm. you know, the fans there are already hyped up for this season. Um, you know, it's, it, they have as a college than... basketball fan and as a person who has loved college basketball my entire life, mm-hmm. I love seeing UConn back in yeah. the Big East. I'm excited to see them playing in St. John's. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm really looking most forward to, um, to see what happens there. So UConn is back in the Big East for basketball. We're pretty hyped about it. And, you know, like the AAC – it just didn't even like you, the AAC was just kind of a bunch of teams just put together and say, yeah, here, here's like, a conference. Uh, UCF and yeah, they you know, brought, Memphis. Yeah. I was and, listening to it on the radio when they first, like... I think Tulsa's in the AAC. Yeah, they, when they first announced it, it's easier to pitch UConn, like, recruiting-wise, when you're saying, oh, we're going up against St. John's, Seton Hall, oh, yeah. Villanova, instead of you're going up against Tulsa, UCF. Yeah, because you're going to play in the Prudential know. Center, you're going to play in the Garden, you're going to play... In the Wells Fargo Center, mm-hmm. you're gonna play um, in the arena in in the Bucks uh, arena when you go and play Marquette. Right, you're gonna play in all these you know legendary you know arenas, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna be playing so much better competition. Right, and I think you know UConn uh, as a Big East school now will get more respect when it comes to the NCAA tournament and the this the uh, the selection committee. Well, I think coming in there, they're one of the top teams just coming into the Big East. I think. I think it's Villanova. Oh, it's Villanova. I think Marquette's pretty much in there. I think they're in there with Marquette St. John's. Marquette got hit with a lot of transfers. Those yeah. two twins. Uh, I forget their names. I want to say like the Hauser twins or something like something that. Like that. Uh, but Marcus Howard's back for them. So they I definitely took a hit through uh, the transfers and everything. But, you know, Seton Hall's going to be sick this year. They are going to be sick. Uh, I think UConn's in that mix with Seton Hall, St. John's. You could put in there, I guess. Yeah, the big depending on the Big East is wide recruit. over Georgetown. Like yeah. Patrick Ewing seems to have them, you know, uh, on the rise mm-hmm. over the past couple years. Yep. He seems to be and settling even the in smaller there. teams like Butler or yeah. uh, Creighton, who for some reason St. John's couldn't beat last year. Yeah. Or yeah, so I mean, Big East is going to be wide open this year. It is every year. I mean, last year Providence, probably exactly. Last year Villanova was not typical Villanova. Mm-mm. They weren't as dominant as they normally are. So the Big East was kind of open last year. Between yeah, them and Marquette for the, yeah. So um, I think Seton Hall is going to give them a big run, though, at the top. I would love to see. Yeah, that's something Miles I would love to Powell see. Powell coming back yeah. and, you know, they're, they, got a nice they have a really good there. program. Their head coach, I love their head coach. Their head coach, what's his, I forget his name. I always want to say it's Chris Mack because that's another uh, bald guy. I'll look it up for you. Seton Hall. Kevin Willard, that's Kevin it. Kevin Willard, that's it. Just came to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he runs a really nice program. Yeah. He was in consideration for the Cincinnati job, I think, in the off uh, in the off season. Yeah, if and you he put it that way. Decided to stay. Yeah, and, which I think is the best. Move yeah, and Miles Powell's going to be a, probably a first team All American, if mm-hmm. not a second team All American. He's that type of player. He'll be a sneaky draft pick. I think next he year. could be the Big East Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Let's move on to those New York Yankees, real quick. Swept the Blue Jays. Love to see it. Uh, CC took the hill for game one. Um, Yankees were out to uh, – Toronto was out to a 2-0 lead. And then Aaron Hicks hits that bomb. Three-run homer in the fifth to give them a 3-2 lead. And then from there, the Yankees just 
held the game. They had scored seven runs in the sixth inning off of both Aaron Sanchez and Derek Law. Um, really headlined by a Voight two-run double and a John Carlo three-run homer. And then Jonathan Holder. Oh, he sucks. Goodbye, Jonathan. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, doesn't record a single out because of five hits, five Sounds runs. Sounds like Edwin Diaz. Uh, well, believe me, we'll get to Edwin Diaz <laughs> later. Um, lets up a solo homer and a grand slam by Freddie Glavis to make it 10-7. to So it forces Chapman's hand, you know, forces Aaron Boone to put Chapman out there. Yeah. He gives up a sack fly, but it wouldn't even matter because the Yankees, you know, Seth Chapman does his job, wins the game. Yeah. For them. You know, you know, looking at this game, yes, you won the game, but it's kind of a loss that you have to use Chapman in this game. Right. You're up 10-2. You should not have to put Araldis Chapman in this game. No. No. You shouldn't even have to get him up to warm up. But luckily, the Yankees hey, did the smart the stats. thing. Pad right? the stats. The Yankees did the smart thing. Sent down Jonathan Holder back to AAA. Stephen Tarpley was called back and up. The funny thing is they didn't even make like a – a reoccurring move. They just sent Holder down and be like, all right, we'll figure this out tomorrow. Yep. Goodbye, Tarpley, Jonathan. Yeah, he's him, David Hale. I mean, he hasn't been bad all year. Yeah. But the fact that they sent down Nestor Cortez before they sent down Jonathan Holder is embarrassing. Yeah. But I mean, we can't be mad. That's for sure. Can't be mad right now. Not at all. Um, game two, the Yankees brought brought out the old red carpet for the opener. And they won again. It's fantastic. And they won again. They are seven for seven when the opener starts a game. And again, Nestor Cortez Jr. does his thing. Four and a third, four hits, two runs, five strikeouts. Uh, the bullpen doesn't screw it up like they did the night before. Canely, Tarpley, and Britton all through scoreless innings. Chapman gives up two runs. I mean, two hits and a run, but he gets his 23rd save of the season. Um, Yankees lead off great as they normally do. DJ and Judge go back to back. Uh, in the first, so that with the DJ LeMahieu homer breaks the MLB record. Was it the MLB record or the team record? That was the MLB record. Yeah, so because we witnessed the team record That's against. Right. Uh, it was D- and it was DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, so they broke the MLB record for consecutive games with a home run with 28. Uh, Gleyber Torres would add on a homer in the second to make it three nothing. Um, Toronto attack on two runs off Cortez in the sixth, and then the Parrot. Comes on in the eighth and hits a solo homer. From there, the Yankees had it. But the headline of game two was Giancarlo Stanton. Comes out of the game with a apparent knee injury. I th- swore I heard that he got his hand stepped on or something. A lot of things happened. I don't know though. what happened there. But an ill-advised base running decision. Mm-hmm. His hand got stepped on. Yeah. It is a PCL injury. Yeah, knee contusion. Yeah, knee contusion, PCL injury. Something. Yeah. <laughs> He is on the 10-day IL. Here's the question. Does How bad does this hurt the Yankees? Be real. It doesn't. Not really. It doesn't. Worst comes to worst, you bring up Clint Frazier, and hopefully he picks up right where he left off Who actually at the plate. did not make the trip to London with the team. Yeah. Because he's apparently he's not doing very well in Scranton. He's, uh, I think he's one for 10 or 12. Something yeah. like that. I don't know. He's not doing too well. This but, this uh, demotion really got to him. Yeah. Not not good. But Yankees 7-0 and while using an opener. I think they just keep on doing that. Just keep on rolling with that. Uh, Herman is expected back soon. But I think Aaron Boone. I don't know. I don't know. If you're Aaron Boone, what do you do? For what? Either just... keep an opener going or do you... I mean, if you have you have to look at the opener as it's not like a desperation thing. It's just something that, something that you do because they could easily bring up you know a chance Adams, have him start the game, and you know pitch as long as right. you you want him to pitch. 
Um, you could start Nestor Cortez, but they decide to, you know, use this opener, which is, you know, a reoccurring thing you see in the MLB today. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously working for the Yankees, you know, that one-two punch of Chad Green and Nestor Cortez. And the best thing is that Chad Green only has to go one, one you know, or one, two one innings. Inning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Cortez takes it over from there. Yep. Um, game three, Paxton didn't have his stuff. Mm-hmm. He had he had four four and a third, eight hits, six runs, three strikeouts, gave up three home runs. This is concerning. Yeah, I'm a little concerned with the back end of the starting rotation when we're talking about Paxton and Jay Happ. Yeah, it's definitely not looking uh, the two twins, if you want to put no, it that way. No, um, I'm concerned. Yeah, you have to start thinking. You know what's wrong with these guys? Obviously, Paxton has been dealing with a knee issue. This year, Hap, you know, just signed that four-year contract. I'm sorry, Hap hasn't been good at all. He has this not year. made me happy. He's not. He's had maybe one or two good, maybe three good starts. Yeah, and he has maybe. seven. Win- you want to say he has seven wins? Look at the, the run thing. support he gets. And here's the thing: he str- he struggles against the American League East. Yeah, Baltimore. He, he came opening in week. Yeah, he came, the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came in as a as known for a guy who can take on you know the Red Sox, and the Red Sox can't touch him. No. You saw it in the playoffs last year. Obviously, that wasn't true, mm-hmm. and you can't get guys out in the AL East. So. No, you can't. So, but the Yankees showed to come back from adversity. They were down 5 to nothing after Paxton gave us a three-run homer in the first and a two-run homer in the second. Um, your man, Didi, starts with a solo yeah, home run nice off of Thornton in the second, followed by a judge two-run two run single to make it 5-3, to three, a two-run ball game right there. And then DJ LeMayhew, I love saying his name because it means he did something good. Uh, he comes on in the fourth and hits a two-run homer to tie the game at five. Um, and then right away, Paxton just like we said, he didn't have his he didn't have the stuff today the, that night. Uh, he gave it right back to Toronto with a Gurriel home run in the fifth to make it six to five. And then after Hicks hits a sack fly RBI, Voigt hits an RBI single in the sixth to give the Yankees the lead back. Um, they would tie the Toronto would tie the game in the ninth, and then we have the walk off. Then we have the walk-off. It is Glaber Day. It is Glaber Day. Didi hits a single off Kingman in the ninth. Hicks would walk, and then Glaber hits the RBI single to drive in Didi. So the Yankees win in walk-off fashion and sweep the pesky Blue Jays. I mean, can't really – you kind of expect the Yankees to do this against the bad teams in the division, like Toronto, like Baltimore. But the fact that they – did in all kinds of ways. They dominated in, they dominated the game, and they made game three close. They were down five nothing. They scared you a little bit. Say, okay, we'll take two out of three. But they come back complete team effort in game three after Hap just didn't pitch well. I Paxton, sorry, didn't pitch well. Um, so they sweep the Blue Jays six and a half games ahead of the Rays, nine games ahead of the Red Sox. I love saying that. <laughs> really, really do. Um, DJ Lemayhew. We could talk about this guy all freaking day. Four, what is he hitting? 478 with runners in scoring position. That is no the doubt. highest number in Yankee history right mm-hmm. now. First year with the team, no less. Yeah. And he's an all-star starter along with Gary Sanchez this year. Amazing. Apparently, it was very close that he wasn't a starter. Really? Uh, I didn't see the actual broadcast of the uh, all-star starters, but mm-hmm. I heard someone say that... Uh, you know, it was pretty close for him uh, not being an all-star starter. Let me just make sure that that yeah. was. Um, and then our man Glaber is starting to put it together. He's hitting 285, 46 RBIs, 19 home runs, four of those home runs in the last seven games. 
pretty ridiculous if you're Glaber Torres. And definitely deserving of all-star nod. I don't did he get in? I don't think so. Who? Glaber. Uh not yet. The reserves come out on Sunday. Okay. So we'll find that out in a couple days. Um I said before Domingo Harmon expected back for the second half of the Subway series against the Mets. Um and LeMahieu Sanchez are all-star game starters. Coming up for the Yankees, two games in London against the Red Sox tomorrow night and Sunday morning, I believe. It's 10 o'clock? Yeah, I think it's 12.30 tomorrow and 10 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. So you can wake up and watch some Yankee baseball. Nice. Just on the uh, the all-star voting for a second, um, just some Yankees to note. Gary, obviously, the catcher starter, starter, received 47% of the vote. Beat James McCann of the White Sox, 33% of the vote. And then first base, Luke Voigt, my boy, had 25.8% of the vote to come in second. Carlos Santana, uh, who's probably very much deserving of the starting role, 290 batting average, 18 home runs, 48 RBIs. Uh, he received just under 50%. And then LeMahieu uh, received 38% of the vote. Tommy LaStella of the Angels received 315 And Altuve received 30.5%. Mm-hmm. Altuve's um, only got that much because he's been hurt. Yeah. That's the only so that's the I thing. Know. Like, if Altuve was healthy the whole year, LeMahieu probably same, would not be a starter. That's kind of the same thing with Judge, though, too. Yeah. Um, And then shortstop, Glaber received 31.2% of the vote to come in second. Uh, Jorge Polanco is having a great year. Oh, yeah. 321 batting average, 11 home runs, 39 RBIs. Uh, received 42% of the vote. Uh, Gio Rochella actually came in third and all-star uh, in the third base really? voting. Received 23.3%, but Alex Bregman um, rightfully so. Uh, received the the starting nod there just under 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, rightfully so. Then Judge received 9% of the starting vote, so he came in fourth. Um, one spot, obviously, off starting. and He can still make the team, though, no? Oh, yeah. Um, they can be like uh, pulled in as reserves. I love me some Aaron Judge, but like... Isn't that kind of taking a spot away from? Somebody yeah, I don't know if he really deserves it. to be an all-star. Just like, we love Aaron. I Judge mean, here. It's, at this point, you know, you look at an MVP. Mike Trout's going to win the MVP, even though he's on a pretty crappy team. Should be DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, like, you know, it's a popularity contest. It is. It is. Same thing goes for the NBA. Yeah. But let's talk about this London series for a minute. Sure. This ballpark is a joke. Why? I haven't heard anything about the it's dimension. London, London Stadium. Yeah. So shout out to West Ham. That's our stadium. Oh. Okay. Um, but. Did you hear about the dimensions to center field? I did not. It is 385 to dead center. That's it. With a 16-foot wall. Wow. 385 to dead center. I didn't know they were playing a little league ballpark. <laughs> Balls are going to really? be flying. At least the Yankees, we probably don't have to worry about them breaking their home run streak. Really? Yeah, it's 385 to dead center. They might as well just have the home run. They might as well just have the all-star <laughs> game there, the home run derby in there. That thing yeah. would go into extras. Yeah. Really? So, uh... 385 is dead center? Yeah. Wow. I can only imagine then what. So then what does right and left field have to be? Uh, I can tell you in a second. Yeah. That's where West Ham plays, right? Yeah. Wow. It was the uh, former Olympic Stadium mm. um, in the 2012. Was that 2012, yeah, 2012. Olympics? Um, let's see. I got to ask, though. Like, why Why have a base? Why not have a baseball game in London or in England? Why not have it in Wembley Stadium? I don't know. Uh, well, this one is made for it because the seats, are, it's an oval. So Wembley is squared off at the, the oh, touch that's lines. Right. That's right. 
so you can't do anything there. Like mm. London Stadium is the best because West Ham hasn't you know moved the seats to be a square anymore. Right. All right. So the dimensions are three thirty <laughs> to left field and right field, wow. which is actually farther than Yankee Stadium. Um, and then it's three eighty five to straightaway center, which is the shortest distance of any ballpark, but it includes a sixteen foot high wall. So do you think? Uh, well, they probably had I to put that Yankee there Stadium. because of the batter's eye. Yeah. But I think at Yankee Stadium it's. 406. It's 408. To 408. Yeah. It was 407. But yeah, that's that's it's little league stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. We might see some balls fly this weekend. I mean, we usually do because, you know, the Yankees hit a lot of home runs, but like, it should be interesting should to be interesting. see. Uh... Are you, what is your take on the whole London series? Or do you like, so many people hate on it. I don't, I don't necessarily love it, but it, like, um... it's fine. No. I guess no, you have to see the after care. effects. People in London yeah. seem to not care about baseball, though. You have to. Th- I feel like this sh- should be a one-time thing if it doesn't work. Obviously, right. next year they're already planning. I think it's going to be Cubs Cardinals next yeah. year. They want more key games there, but the money. you know, to take a Yankees Red Sox game, obviously, it doesn't really benefit or uh, hurt us as Yankee fans because the two games would be in Fenway. I do kind of like to see the games at Fenway, though. Yeah, it adds to the rivalry, and, you know, if I was a Red Sox fan, I'd be pretty mad we're losing oh, two yeah. games in Fenway, especially. Take it holders. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so. That's I that. I think it's fine. I mean, but people hate, like, Joe Beningo, W hates it. Well, he hates anything that's new. He wants that's traditional, true. you know, that's cookie true. cutter, this, that's this, true. this, and this. That's true. Because you know, but I do understand it because baseball is America's game. It's America's pastime. I get it. Obviously, we already lost football to you know Mexico City and London, and it seems like China is going to be the next, yeah, the next destination. So, you know, why can't we? I can see where people are saying that because like, why can't we have our own sports? You know, anymore. I get it. Like the NBA is going to China and Barcelona and all these places. Pretty big in those places, though, too. Yeah. I mean, hockey, I guess, is kind of like an international... Uh, hockey is an international game. Technically, so. yeah. But, uh, all right. obviously, our two big sports, American football and baseball, yeah. are now traveling abroad. I mean, you could kind of say the same thing, though, about soccer. Yeah. But I America guess, was like... That's England's game, though, right? Yeah. We have leagues in America. Yeah. But, I don't know. So, oh, well. All right. So, we'll take a break. When we come back. Oh, don't you worry. We're talking about those New York Mets. So abysmal. So freaking abysmal. It's ridiculous. We'll talk NBA free agency. We'll do speed round. And we'll make our final predictions on where the top NBA free agents will land. I'm telling you right now, it's not looking good for the Knicks. (laughs) We'll be right back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. All right, and welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat. We are on to the, uh, the ugly part of this podcast. Ugly. The New York Mets. And all of the storylines and the circus that is surrounding the Mets. It's safe to say a tough game, a tough uh, road trip. Uh, you don't say. The most recent, uh, the Phillies, who were on a 10-game losing streak going into this series. Um, and then here comes the Mets. Did we not call it, though? We called it pretty much before this series started that. Phillies had lost like eight games in a row at that point. They're like, oh, the Mets are coming into town. It's about time that the Phillies get hot now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. 
Uh, Four games against the Mets. Go ahead, Scott. You go. Game one, football score. Oh. The Mets lost 13-7. Steven Matz, not his best outing. Um, obviously, the Mets, like every single game in this series, jump out to a multi-run lead. Yep. Um, they are up 2-0 in the first inning after a Conforto double and a Frazier single. Todd Frazier having a very good year, low-key. Yes. Could be... Or all the Mets fans that wanted him to be yeah, traded. Could be could be a name, though, at the trade could deadline be. that could, could be He always moved. is. He always seems to catch on the trade deadline yeah. somewhere. But... But! <laughs> Steven Matz gives it right back mm. in the bottom of the first. Segura and Hoskins hit solo home runs. Um, and then Quinn adds an RBI single. So then the Mets come back and hit two solo home runs of their own. They made it a game. Todd Frazier and Wilson Ramos uh, to tie the game at four. And then Bryce Harper, you know, who's that guy? I haven't heard anything yeah, about really? him until this series. Uh, an RBI double in the fourth to make it 5-4. Uh, Michael Conforto homers and Ahmed Rosario to sack fly to make it 6-5 Mets. And then Brooks Pounders came into the game. He got pounded. And all the Mets fans who thought he was so good for what he did against the Cubs on the weekend six were runs, wrong. Six runs in the sixth inning. And Not six runs in six innings. Six runs in the sixth inning. And a uh, friend of the Mets, Jay Bruce, who uh, will have another significant impact in a game, added a two-run home run, and the Mets will lose 13-7 in game. Oh, one. but you forgot Michael Franco. That is very true. Who has now become... The owner of the New York Mets. <laughs> oh. Game two. Game two. But here's the thing, though. about like Walter Lockett. Who is he? Uh, Tyler Lockett? Like, who? What? <laughs> Seven to five. The, here's the thing that's the most frustrating. The Mets are putting up offense in this series. Yeah. Their offense is perfectly fine. Yeah. Seven runs, five runs, four runs, three runs. Yeah. Mets had a five to two lead. Yep. In the sixth inning. Wilmer Font, tough outing. Cano singles. Conforto hits a sack fly. Ahmed Rosario's hitting home runs. Dom Smith is hitting a solo home run. McNeil's hitting a single. And then the bullpen. <laughs> Lockett and Font give up five runs in the sixth inning. Again, not five runs in six innings. Five runs in the sixth inning. And everyone's favorite Mets owner, Michael Franco, hits a home run off of Wilmer Font <laughs> to give the Phillies a 6-5 to five lead. What? And then, Brad Miller, who is that? <laughs> Puts a dagger in and the Mets lose 7-5. to five. Who is Brad Miller? I couldn't tell Here's you. Here's the most screwed up thing I've heard, though. Before game one, this guy, Brad Miller, brings some kind of a plant into the clubhouse. <laughs> the Mets, I mean, the Phillies won game one. He brought a bigger version of that plant for game two. <laughs> the Phillies won the game. Game three and four, he must have had the plant the size of the freaking Empire State Building. He brought a tree. He brought the uh, the Times Square Christmas tree. Yeah. The Rockefeller Center tree. Suddenly the Phillies have won four straight because we're bringing house decorations into the We are bringing... Um, Housewarming gifts. Like the Kauai thing. We are bringing vegetation into vegetation. the clubhouse. <laughs> but on to game three. Jason Vargas on the hill. And 
<laughs> Jason Vargas may not be a Met for much longer. Yeah, but either. He had a, he's had another good outing. <laughs> um, the Mets, like always, get out to a nice lead, four nothing. You the think the sixth th- inning is something like going on in this series? <laughs> yeah. There's something about the sixth Dom inning. Dom Smith home run. Why doesn't he play every day? Who know. knows? Jeff McNeil home run. Why doesn't he play every day? Or why does? Well, he does play every day. Yeah, but against in the biggest game of the season, why doesn't he play? Uh, Brody Van Wagenen, <laughs> why doesn't he play? Because obviously Mickey Callaway isn't making his Ooh, own decisions. Can never do that. Freaking terrible organization. Tomas Nito hits a single. McNeil hits a double. And then the Phillies are back up. Gene Segura hits a home run off of Vargas. But it's fine because Jason Vargas did his job. Seth Lugo comes in the seventh. Every- Everything is fine. He's yeah. our best reliever. It's great. We're going to get out of it. And here's the worst part. <laughs> I watched this. I was like, okay, Lugo's in the game. The Mets are going to be fine, right? Hernandez hits a ground rule double, makes it four to two. I'm like, holy crap, here we go again. Was this the game that they load, They intentionally walked yes. Reese Hoskins? No, intentionally walked Harper to get to Reese Hoskins. It worked. He ended up striking him out. But why would you do that? You know it worked. You know what? I was hoping Reese Hoskins would hit a grand slam. Not because he's just on my fantasy team, but just to prove me right. That's all. Uh, then this Brad Miller plant guy comes up, strikes out, but <laughs> he reaches on a wild pitch. <laughs> Tomas Nito, for the love of him, could not field this ball. But it's Lugo's fault. It's his fault. And then this other reliever for the Mets. I can't even pronounce his name. Ngosek. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Segura hit a two-run single to tie the game. Good Gene Segura. And then that guy comes in for Diaz, comes in the 10th for Diaz. After Diaz he... actually threw a... Yeah, uh, he did fine. He did fine. You know, he as did. Mickey Calloway said yesterday, he had electric stuff. Mike Francesa did not like that one. Yeah, he said, shut up. up! Hoskins works a walk. Real Muto hits a single. And then everyone's former Met, Jay Bruce. Everyone's favorite former Met. Okay, this is... I feel like Juan Lagares is to kind of to blame on this. Because if Juan Lagares was any form of his prior self, he would catch this ball Maybe. right in the webbing of his leather glove, <laughs> and they would have been out of the inning. It would be fine. But no, Juan Lagares lets the ball go over his head. <laughs> Jay Bruce strolls to second, and that is the game. That is it. Juan Lagares needs to be designated for assignment. assignment. He yes. is hitting 180. <laughs> he sucks in the field. He sucks at the plate. He is worthless. <laughs> kind of like Kemrel Thomas. <laughs> Why does everything bad always come back to Kemrel Thompkins? Because he sucks. He does. Scott, please. Please do game four. Game four. You know what? Wait. If I could be honored. Yeah. I got to say, Zach Wheeler, though, had a great game. Yes, yeah, six, six innings, two hits, one run, seven strikeouts. This was a pitcher's duel, ladies and gentlemen. But the bullpen comes in, pounders and flexing, didn't get pounded or flexed on. <laughs> that is a legendary <laughs> line. They both threw scoreless innings. We need a trademark that. That was great. <laughs> and then here we go again. Edwin Diaz. Oh. Oh. Let's just go through his line real yeah, quick. Go, go for it, please. A third of an inning. He got one out. He got one he out. He got one out. Unlike, unlike Brooks Pounders. Ugh. He got pounded, certainly. 
One third of an inning. <laughs> Three hits. Five runs. Two home runs. Two. He I'm walks two. the leadoff man in the ninth inning. Yep. You know, maybe he'll ground into a double play, get out of it. They've seen him get out of jams before. Not this time. <laughs> walks the leadoff man. And in walks Michael Franco. Oh, yeah. Guess what he does? Ties the game. Ties the game. On an 0-2 pitch. It's an 0-2 pitch. Why would you even throw it anywhere near the plate? I don't know. I don't know. You have three pitches, four pitches to work with. He plays for the Mets. Throw some junk. I don't know. Why would you throw anything near the zone at 0-2? Uh, I don't but know. We move on. It's only a 3-3 game. It's fine. They have a chance to go to extras. Maybe they'll pull it out. After they had a 3-1 lead. A, again. Oh, yeah. We did not get to that. No, uh, Aaron Nola, fantastic oh, outing. Yeah. Uh, only gave up one hit over, I believe, eight innings. But here comes the Phillies bullpen. The oh. Mets. Todd Frazier hits the biggest home run of his career. Oh, yeah. Maybe a, of the season. Yeah. A two-run home run. Um, then they add an insurance run again mm-hmm. in the ninth. They're up 3-1 in the yeah, ninth. Everything's good. Mets fans are giddy. They're going to turn their season around. No. Edwin Diaz goes right back down. You know, the greatest trade in the history of the Mets, Robinson Cano, what a piece of dead weight he is. And Edwin Diaz, the greatest closer in the league, now sucks. You know what? What? I'm actually considering dropping him from my fantasy. But it's only 3-3. Three, three. We're it's okay. Fine. Yeah, everything's good. You know, Brooks Pounders can come in in the 10th innings. Oh, yeah. You know, he can slow him down. Chris Flexen can come in. Mm-hmm. And Gosek can come in. Will what Buffont. About, what about Gaselman? Yeah. Or Seth Lugo. We were, we were killing Robert Gaselman. But. And he's he's been serviceable. Somewhat. But they're not even able to no, get there. No. Edwin Diaz then gives up a three-run home run to Gene Segura, and the ball game is over. Put it in the books. The Mets season is over. Thank you. Finally, I've been waiting for you to say this. Thank you. They are Thank in you. the grave. Thank you. Brody. Brody. Please sell everybody. Sell everybody. You might as well trade Edwin Diaz at this point. Maybe get something good for him. Sell, do something with Robinson Cano. I don't know what you want to do. You can. Who would want him? Put him in the put him in the apple in center field. I don't know what you want to do. Have him pop out every time the Mets hit a home run. I don't freaking know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Swept by the freaking Phillies, who lost seven straight games. Seven. And not to mention. The Mets get walked off, not once, twice in a row. Two straight games they get walked off. They have lost five straight games, 11 games back of the Braves, but it's okay because they're only six and a half back of the Phillies and the last wild card spot. Hmm. It's fine. Everything's fine, Mets fans. Hmm. Listen to your wise yet stupid general manager, Brody Van Wagenen, who has assembled this team and... Apparently with a blindfold on. You know, I I I feel bad for Mickey Calloway. Me too. He does not deserve this. No. Obviously, he deserves what he did to the reporter on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yes. But, you know, anyone in this situation is going to explode at some point. Jason Vargas, you threatened to physically hurt someone. That's not okay. That is not okay. But Brody Van Wagenen is to blame for this debacle. Oh, yeah. You cannot blame Mickey Calloway for having... No. 
No one in the bullpen. And here's the best part. Wait, wait, wait. I could pitch better than half the people in the bullpen. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Here's the best part. The bullpen ERA is over eight this year, worse than baseball. 20 blown saves. Yeah. But wait, but wait, but wait. The pitching coach is the problem. <laughs> the pit- Dave Island was the problem. You bring in... What's his name? Dave Reagan? They call him like the vulture or something Dave like Reagan, that. Dave Reagan, he can barely get off the steps to walk up to the mound. But they didn't hire us one pitching coach. They hired a pitching coach, a pitching strategist, and a new bullpen coach. They now have three pitching coaches, along with the manager, who is a former pitching coach, and they still suck. And we thought that they were going to be better without Yuri Familia on the IL. Apparently he's coming back soon. Oh, Lord Let that circus me. continue. Oh, Lord help me. But here's the best part. There's a lot of best parts here. But apparently, Mickey Calloway somehow still thinks the bullpen is starting to figure it out. Oh, my God. If I have to hear that one more time, Mickey. Stop putting yourself on repeat. <laughs> I can't hear. Oh, they're figuring it out. We're going to figure it out. You you are almost 10 games below 500 at the All-Star break. What are you doing? Your season is over. over. But, and you know, an upcoming schedule for the Mets does not get any easier. <laughs> Mickey Callaway said if they want to have a shot, they got to get to 500 at the end of the, uh, by the All-Star break. <laughs> that is not happening. They have three games against the Braves. While they are currently losing 6-2 to two against the Braves, <laughs> Jacob DeGrom gave up three runs, and everyone's favorite pitcher, Robert Kesselman, gave up three runs in an oh, inning. Oh, good. Wilmer fought through a scoreless oh, inning, though. Oh, wow. Wilmer he, Pete Alonso did hit another home run. Good. He's going to be in the home run derby. Congratulations. Yeah, Hopefully he doesn't screw up his swing. Congratulations. Hopefully he doesn't get but hurt during the, now, the home run derby. Now the Mets now have two more games against the Braves. Two against the Yankees and three more against the Phillies. Then everyone can go to Florida, relax, put your feet up, come back, and suck some more. (laughs) Edwin Diaz should go figure it out. Maybe go back to Seattle. Channel is AL Edwin Diaz, not his NL Edwin Diaz. Maybe they should go find Armando Benitez out of retirement. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh. But go get Johan Santana. Before. Before we bring up like the Jason Vargas thing, maybe Ron Darling could maybe. pick or Keith Hernandez, whichever one of them picks. Maybe they could, uh, even though he's not very well at the moment. Yeah, Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver. Yeah, that, we, that's a very good. We news. have one bright. We have one bright spot for this Mets segment today. They have finally decided. Hey, they have erected the statue. Yeah, they are going. They're going to erect the statue. They have. They have now renamed the street after where City yeah, Field is. Forty-one Seaver Way. Yes. It's about freaking time you do something for that poor man that wanted to be a Met. Why? I don't know. Back then, they weren't so much of a circus act. Okay. But a tough weekend to honor the 1969 team for the Mets. uh, Coming off one of their worst spells in recent history. Yeah. Um, It's just all going downhill very, very fast. And the cherry on top of the Mets melting mountain of ice cream. Jason Vargas, Mets officials are not happy with you because <laughs> you physic you threatened to physically abuse a Newsday reporter. Your ass is going to be traded. Goodbye. 
hey, maybe they can get something good for him. He's pitching well. I know. Go figure. They couldn't. They this couldn't happen two months ago or something when he was pitching like poop. I don't know. <laughs> oh, and you may think that like this is all just like a face for the podcast because no. we're Yankees fans. No, I genuinely want the Mets to do Me well too. And it's I'm, fun to cover both two baseball teams when they're doing good. I'm tired of hearing Mickey Calloway say, "Oh, we're figuring it out. We're on a plan. We are on the correct course to figuring it out." Clearly you are not. And that starts with Jeff Wilpon, Brody Van Wagenen, which should be interesting because remember how Brody said he's going to sit with the seventh line army for a uh, game against the Yankees. <laughs> he's still going to do it. Oh no. July, the first game of the, shreds. the first game of the Yankees series, oh, he's going to still sit with the seven line army. I would throw him into the apple. Like, <laughs> Hey, remember, remember Brody. Come and get, Come and us. get us. Come and get us, NL East. Come and get us, NL East. The Phillies came and got you. Oh, yeah. Flew it to the top, right? Flew it to the top. Not so much anymore, Brody. I don't I don't like to... Ugh. I almost believe that they got it right. Remember the beginning of the year? We were like, oh, the Mets, this was a good thing. Brody Van Wagenen, they're doing something different for a change. They're not going with an old guy who is all stuck in his baseball ways. They're going with a new guy. Boy, were we wrong. And, you know, one of their premier off-season signings, Jed Lowry! Uh, who? Who where has he been in the lineup? <laughs> I don't know. But DJ LeMayhew is on the market. Thank oh, you for not signing him. Thank you. But Jed Lowry hasn't played a game yet. No. And I don't think he will. I really don't think he I will. I don't know. At this point, what's the point? No, I don't Jeff know. McNeil is raking. You're not going to... Robinson Cano is like... You know, cemented into the third slot in the oh, Mets lineup. I don't get it. Even I know he's two for four tonight. Good. Maybe his best night as a Met ever. Mm, wow. I wonder if he ran. Faked it. They need to now realize it's time to sell. It's time. It's time. I'm glad you're finally on board with me after weeks of telling me. Yeah, but see, well, they, you know, they're not out of it. I mean, I, I kind of believe. I, mean, I was, I was kind of on board a little okay, bit. But even they took, they split with the Cubs. They easily could have taken three or four from the Cubs. Mm. If they didn't lose that Sunday debacle, and you know, which really started the whole downward spiral for the Mets, their season could be in a completely different spot. You're right. You're going into a Philly series where they're losing seven or eight straight games in a row, and you just took three or four from the very good Chicago Cubs. Mm -hmm. Things could be looking up. Everyone's got confidence. The offense is killing it. Maybe the bullpen, you know, you find one or two consistent arms. But no. But no. Seth Lugo blows it, and then here we are now mm -hmm. with the Mets in a complete downward spiral. I mean, what can you say? The yeah. one thing for the Mets, you have two young studs in your lineup that are hopefully going to be mainstays for many, many years to come. In Jeff McNeil, who has it was in the top three of batting average in the entire major leagues. And Pete Alonso, who has already broken the the Mets rookie record for home runs, and it's not even at the All-Star break yet. He could hit 60. Good. Think it's a good time to take a break? Yeah. All right. Let's go. All right. When we come back, we are going to talk some NBA. We are going to predict where the league's top free agents will be going. Some news about who the teams that Kevin Durant will be meeting with and what the Warriors plan to offer him and much, much more on the NBA front. Then we will have our speed round, maybe touch on some NHL free agency, 
and we will wrap it up with On This Day in Sports History. You are listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. We will be right back. And welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat. This is the time of the month that everyone has been waiting for. Mm -hmm. This is the Tri-State Sports Beat Speed Round. All right, let's get it going. It's a tongue twister. A little bit. A little bit. Um, who would like to go first? Gentlemen? I'll go first. I don't think I've gone first. You want? <laughs> but, who's que- well, you can choose. Whose questions do you want, Joe? Since you were going first. Whose questions do you want? I'll take Nick's because Scott had really hard ones last time. I told you before that they are more uh, calmed down this time. Okay. They are more civil. Oh, here you go. Are you ready? I am now. We will start in three, two. Oh, am I supposed to time these? Uh, sure. One. In 1988, what team batted out of order in the first inning against the Padres? The Mets, the Pirates, the Expos, or the Reds? The Mets. Okay. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hold on, I got to mark it here. All right. In 1990, what New Jer- uh, the New Jersey Nets selected what Syracuse forward first overall? Billy Owens, Dwayne Washington, Derek Coleman, or John Wallace? What was the first one again? Billy Owens. I'll say Billy Owens. Okay. I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, in 19- most likely am. In 1950... Which Yankee got his 2,000th hit in an 8-2 win over the Indians? Yogi Berra, <laughs> Joe DiMaggio, Phil Rizzuto, or Billy Martin? I remember this one. Do ya? <laughs> so what's the answer? <laughs> Yogi. Okay. Not looking good for Joe. <laughs> oh, it's never looking good for me. In 1858, what? Louisiana native Paul Morphy arrived in Europe. What he was an established <laughs> he was a stat <laughs> he was an established competitor in what sport boxing croquet chess or rowing what rowing <laughs> I'm feeling over five here in twenty fifteen Big over. The youngest winner of the U.S. Open since... Who was the youngest winner of the U.S. Open? This is golf. Oh. Since 1923. Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, or Brooks Kepka. Rory. Okay. <laughs> Would we like to go over the result? Oh, well, no. We usually go over the results. Uh, at the end? At the end. Yeah. All right, well. All right. So that was something. Should I... Uh... So he's uh, so I'm asking you my question. Yeah, sure. So, here we go. Aye, aye, aye. I do have to get the standings. We will tally up the standings after we're done. Okay. All right. On June 28th, 1993, Jacques Lemaire was named what number head coach in New Jersey Devils? Wow. Tennessee? Sixth, nice. seventh, eighth, or ninth? Wow. I'm going to go with seven. Okay. On June 25th, 1993, which Islander legend was elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame? What year was it? 1993? Yes. Okay. Mike Bossy, mm. Billy Smith, mm. Dennis Potvan, or Brian Trottier? 
I'm gonna go with Brian Trottier. Okay. On what date? Not feeling good about this one. <laughs> on what date in 1982 did the NHL formally introduce the New Jersey Devils? Wait, stop talking. What was the question? <laughs> what? I should have taken your questions. They're all hockey. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? On what date in 1982 did the NHL formally introduce the New Jersey Devils? Oh my God. June 27th, June 28th, June 29th, or June 30th? <laughs> June 28th. Let's go for that. Okay. Um, on June 7th, 1994, which stolen base milestone did Ricky Henderson reach? 800, 900, 1,000, or 1,100. Ugh. <laughs> oh. 8, 9, 1,000, or 1,100. Oh, my God. I'm going to go with 1,100. Okay. On June 1st of what year did Johan Santana no-hit the St. Louis Cardinals? Okay, I think I got this. 2010, 2011, 2012, or 2013? I don't got this. <laughs> what was the years? 2010, 2011, 2012, or 2013? I'm going to go with 2010. Okay. Not looking good, was it? How do you Ranger Joe? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you're up. I'll hold it. Oh, you're holding it? Yeah, I'll hold oh, it. Oh, boy. Okay. All right, Scotty. Oh, this is... June 7th, 1932. Oh. Pitcher John Quinn becomes the oldest player to have an extra base hit and and a bat and to bat in a run as the Dodgers beat the Cubs oh. 9-2. How old was he? Oh. 44, what? 47, or 50? 44, 47, or 50? I'm going to go with 47. Okay. Nice middle number. <laughs> June I think we make these too hard. <laughs> I think so. Mine were, mine were not bad. The years were hard. <laughs> June 13th, like... 1995. The New Jersey Devils beat what team? 4-2 <sighs> to advance so to their first Stanley Cup. To advance to their first oh, Stanley Cup. I know Cup. this. You're not going to give me options? Oh, yeah. Boston, Philadelphia, <laughs> Or Pittsburgh? I think it was Philly. Okay. June... No, not Philly? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember. June 20th, 1968. I thought they beat the Panthers to advance to one. No, those were the three teams, though, that they played against. All three of those teams were the ones that mm-hmm. they played against. Oh, they beat the Panthers in 2012 to, like, advance. Yeah, that's and that's then... not 95. I know, <laughs> but, like, I, th- I for some reason, I thought the Panthers were involved in something. June 20th. 1968, Jim Hines becomes the Who? first person to run 100 meters in less than how many seconds? 9, 10, or 12? I'm going to go with 12. Okay. When is J.J. Reddick's birthday? What? June, <laughs> June 1, huh? in 1984. June 22nd, June 24th, or June 28th? Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the twentieth. That wasn't an option. Twenty second, twenty fourth, oh. or twenty eighth. Uh, I'll go with the twenty second then. Okay. <laughs> <Puff>. All right. <laughs> Last one. That wasn't an option. <laughs> Last one. June 29th, nineteen ninety five. The Memphis Mad Dogs first CFL game. What? Was against the winner. Uh, was against 
either the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the BC Lions, or the Calgary Stampeders. I'm going to go with the, the Blue Bombers. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's uh let's tally how, up here. Let's see how uh, Joe did on hey. Knicks. Yikes. Joe, question number one was, what team batted out of order in the first inning against the Padres in 1988? Mets. It was not the Mets. It was the Reds. I was going to say the Reds, too. In 1990, the New Jersey Nets selected what Syracuse forward Is this first uh, overall? Coleman? It is Derek Coleman. You said Billy Owens. That I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Jesse Owens? <laughs> no, 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 no. In 1950, what Yankee got his 2,000th hit in an 8-2 win over the Indians? You said Yogi Berra. It was Joe DiMaggio. Sorry. You said that so confidently, too. Yeah, I know. I don't. I didn't know. In... <laughs> I had no clue. Uh, the... Uh... Paul Morphy arrived in Europe. Question: uh, What sport did he compete in? Not you rowing. Said, you said rowing. It was actually chess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then in 2015, okay. who was the youngest to win winner of the U.S. Open since 1923? You said Rory. It was everyone's favorite DJ? golfer, Jordan Spieth. Oh, Jordan Spieth. That was actually Joe went second. a whopping was, 0 for five yet again. Yeah. All right. Okay. Nicholas, it was bad. on June 28th, 1993, Jacques Lemaire was named the eighth coach in New Jersey yeah. Devils history. Yeah, you said, said seventh. Oh, I said seventh, sorry. Um, on June 25th, 1993, <sighs> Billy Smith was elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. You said Trottier. Um, I did. On what date in 1982 did the NHL formally introduce the New Jersey Devils? It was June 30th. Not the 28th. Not the 28th. Smelling 0 for 5 here, gentlemen. Um, on June 7th, 1994, which stolen base milestone did Ricky Henderson it was reach? Not 1100. It was actually 1100. Oh, really? Saved by Ricky really? Henderson. Really? On yes. June 1st of what year did Johan Santana no hit the St. Louis Cardinals? It was 2012, not 2010. Uh, so you went 1 for 5. Okay. I'll take it. 1 for 5. 1 for 5. I'll take it. 1 and 4. That's fine. Yes, he went 1 and 4. Scott got more than 1 right. Naturally. All right, so I'm sick at this. First question. These questions are easy. Those were not easy. <laughs> I need a microphone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Share it. Okay, so my first question to Scotty was: uh, Pitcher John Quinn becomes the oldest player to have an extra base hit and a and to bat in a run. The you answered 47 for yeah. his age. It was 47. Good! Let's go. 1995, the New Jersey Devils beat what team 4-2 to advance to their first Stanley Cup? Was it? That was the Flyers. It was the Flyers. Good! I thought I remember seeing something about the Flyers. <laughs> Jim Hines, Hines becomes the first player, uh, first person to run 100 meters in less than, you said 12 seconds. Yeah. Was it 12? It's 10 seconds. Oh! See, I thought back then they weren't as physically gifted, and so I was so athletic, <laughs> so I went with the slower time. Um, our, uh, JJ Reddick's birthday is not June 22nd, 1994. 24th, it? it is the 24th. You were close. 
And in 1995, not June 20th either. In ni- no, not. Uh, in 1995, the Memphis Mad Dogs' first CFL game was played against not the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, mm. not the BC Lions, but the Calgary Stampeders. So Scott went, what? Two for five. Two and three, I'll take it. Two and three. Two and three. All two right. Two, four, five. I don't have a microphone. I'm speaking not into anything. So, with an 0 for 5 record this week, I mean this month, Joe now has a total record of... Let me do some quick math here. Four and 16. (laughs) Solidly in last place. As he raises his fist. I went one for four this month. I am a whopping nine and, oh, that's an eight. Nine and let's do math here. 11. Yep. Thank you, Scott. Just want to double check you. You just got to make sure it adds up to 20. Thank you. Scott, you went two and three, so you are ten and ten. Close. All right. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's me and Scott still for uh, you know formidably at the top. Joe, you are uh, where the Mets are right now, currently in the dumpster. That's okay though. Okay. Still plenty of time to catch up before. Uh, what month did we start this? We're just trying to figure things out. Before March. I'm just trying to figure things. I know. Out. That's all. You have uh, like you have until next March to. Uh, I got plenty of time. Plenty of time to catch up. If I just go five and zero oh for the rest of like you can, the months, you you I'll are you have there. you have potential here. Uh, Scott, you have on this day in sports history. I do. You do, and it is now time for on this day in sports history. <laughs> Okay. Go for it. We don't have the book today, so... Uh, uh, I forgot the book. I believe it was John Elway's birthday today, mm-hmm. so happy, happy birthday, birthday, John. John. Uh, we have a couple on this days that uh, relate to the New Jersey area. Um, Jacques Lemaire was named the Devil's eighth coach in history on this day in 1993. In 1994 on this day, New York Met pitcher Dwight Gooden suspended for 60 days due to drug charges. Um, in 1995, the NJ Devils Stanley Cup victory party amidst rumors they were moving to Nashville. Goalie Chris Terreri holds up Nashville. No way. Sign. <laughs> um, and then in the 2000 NBA draft on this day, Cincinnati power forward Kenyon Martin, the first pick by the New Jersey Nets. Um, on this day in 2007, Craig Biggio of the Houston Astros becomes the 27th member of the 3000 hit club going five for five against the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Davis was picked first overall on this day. Greg Oden was picked first overall on this day. Um, and today was also the infamous uh, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear, got disqualified from their second match, second uh, boxing match. That was a thing. Yeah. Got anything else? Don't think so. Don't think so? No. No? We're good? I am okay. Wonderful. Well, that was a couple on this day in sports history, so that was cool. Uh, guys, we did a very good job on the speed round, if I do say so myself. Except for you, Joe. That's fine. You got plenty of time. All right, but I'm still rev- relevantly in the standings. Yeah, but, hey, it's okay. Everything's good. Gentlemen, another great episode. Another good job out of all of us today. Tommy, thank you for being our audience today. And yee. Speaking of that, where, where is Carlos Gomez these days? On the bench. He's not doing anything. Maybe the Mets should uh, figure that out. <laughs> um, I hope you all enjoyed that little 19-minute uh, Matt rant after last week's Jim Dolan rant. If you didn't listen to that, I highly recommend it. Even even though I've done it 
plethora of times. But uh, go listen to that if you didn't listen to our previous episode. Go follow us on all our social medias, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Joe is in the process of working. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a rebrand here at the Tri-State Sports Bee. We're making a new logo. That's coming up soon. Um, some Instagram content coming your way and much, much more. Gentlemen, anything else to say before we wrap out tonight? All right. Yankees will be in London to take on the Red Sox. The Mets are trying to stay afloat against the Braves. And we got some football coming soon, fellas. Training camp schedules came out. Uh, Very hyped up for that. And, uh, yeah, NBA offseason, we're getting ready for it. So thank you to all our listeners. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you to all the guys. It's a pleasure doing this with you every week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you on Monday. Goodbye. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at TriState underscore B. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Start spreading the news.